Today's date is February 11th, 2018. Hello and welcome to episode 23 and a special Winter Olympics and Valentine's Day edition of Hit the Books podcast. I'm your host, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And we're here to give you all the saucy deets on everything comics this week. For those of you unfamiliar with the show, this is our weekly comic book podcast where we go through the latest news, uh, the new releases coming to your local comic book shops on Wednesdays, um, topics for your amusement, and many other things, including our personal opinions on it. (laughs) (laughs) Of which we have many (laughs) on several topics. So, if that sounds like a good time to you, we would really love it if you could hit like and subscribe down below, leave us a comment. It really does help us out and push us closer to our goal of getting our vanity URL, which you cannot get on YouTube without a certain number of views and subscriptions and whatnot. Not yet. <laughs> and that would make it so much easier for us to share the podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, for those of you looking for an easy way to share a podcast, you can always go to our website, htbvids.com where uh, we have buttons on the homepage that take you straight to our YouTube channel, our Stitcher feed, and our iTunes feed. So feel free to use that if you so choose. And there's plenty of other stuff on the website. If you want to keep yourself entertained, no advertisements on the website or anything, so you don't have to worry about pop-up ads or any kind of nonsense like that. So, Oh, yeah. It's a really easy, convenient way to get to all the content you want from us. So, Emery, what have you been reading? Ooh, this week... I've read quite a lot. Um, well, you've been a busy man. Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, to start, uh, I got to read issue two of Rogue and Gambit. And I got to tell you, uh, this second issue feels a lot like the first issue in that at the beginning, it feels like uh, we were just reading couples therapy. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end, we remember that this is a comic book, <laughs> which is kind of weird considering that the the first issue already did this, and it's like we're progressing the story, but basically doing the story structure over again, which is really weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. Uh, so d- it's still kind of a romantic comedy in the making? Uh, pretty much. A romantic comedy between two superheroes who have been off and on for what feels like since the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have X Men Red, number one. And I got to tell you, this one, I, I am torn. I am torn between really wanting to know what happens with the story because the premise is solid and wanting to just out and out hate it because the art style just doesn't jive with me at all. Really? Yeah. What's the art style like? Uh, The art style, uh, it just seems very non-expressive in a lot of places and also it tends to (sighs) there's this thing that i I like to call the uh the endroopening (laughs) it's like in intentionally lowering the boob i guess is what i feel is happening 
Okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, this wouldn't be such an issue if it wasn't so... Maybe superheroes jar- don't like to wear bras. Okay. Uh, okay. Maybe you should just let the boob be free, Emery. Maybe. Maybe let's let the boob be free, but let's put it in its proper place. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so you mean not in the groin? <laughs> yes, please. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess that's reasonable. It's like if you don't want to wear a bra, that's fine. Just you know, <laughs> like put the boobs where they belong, and not like a, a few inches too low. That uh, that's all I'm asking. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. That that's like my one like big gripe with this. Boobs too low. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boobs too low. <laughs> uh, forevermore, that will be the boobs too low comic for me. <laughs> uh, boobs too low and faces not really expressing much. Uh, it, it's jarring because before reading that, I read Phoenix Resurrection issue five, which I also got to tell you. There's something about this whole, we really want to bring Jean Grey back to the forefront has become more and more apparent with things like X-Men Blue, Jean Grey getting her own title already, and then X-Men Red, with which is basically just another Jean Grey title with other people in the fucking background. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, all Jean Grey, all the time, except this time, we specifically came up with a story in which we have her tell the phoenix to fuck off. (laughs) Scraw! Is actually a line in this fucking book. (laughs) (sighs) And then I cleansed my palate with black, with the, not black, uh, Batman White Knight. Hell Yes. Hell yes, indeed. Batman White Knight continues to be great. Ooh, there, there was one uh, minor fuck up, which I caught. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you, yeah, you did catch. Only that I can catch every little negative thing <laughs> <laughs> to draw out of a comic book. It, yeah, it, it <laughs> it's was... my unique superpower. <laughs> now there... he reads between the lines. <laughs> <laughs> there was one accident, I think, from the artist who. Also happens to be Sean Gordon Murphy. <laughs> Murphy. So, um, yeah, it's on you, Murphy. <laughs> Next move. <laughs> uh, there's a panel where they show Bruce Wayne in a robe, and you can clearly see his bare chest. And then, like four panels later, you see him pull apart his robe with the bat suit underneath it, which is up to his neck. <laughs> which I think would have made sense if, you know, he had been wearing a skin suit over top his bat suit. <laughs> <laughs> Although that would have just looked weird, him ripping off his skin to reveal a bat suit underneath. Yeah, I think it's Because little... he's always Batman. I think it's just... Murphy was working fast and hard and didn't realize. Oh yeah, uh, this other panel I didn't draw anything there. I should pr- I should probably redo that. <laughs> uh, yeah, either that- it would have been an easy fix too. He just put one little line and then color it gray, <laughs> and it would have solved the problem. Yeah, th- this might have just been an issue of uh, 
maybe wanting to write something off as, oh, he changes real quick. Yeah, but obviously that's not an actual problem. That was just me <laughs> that, joking that, around about yeah, that, that an was, oversight. Yeah, that was catching a minor slip up in what is still a stellar title. Yeah, this comic is still getting better. Oh with every God. issue. And I don't understand how. <laughs> how do you keep this kind of momentum going? Right. And I, I'm I'm hoping there isn't some big letdown at the end, but this is this is still by far my favorite Batman story. This is the most intrigue and excitement I've had in a single Batman book I think I've ever had. Yeah, I'm and I I'm trying to think back, you know, like Batman, Long Halloween. Um, oh yeah, that was a Batman like oh. Hush, uh, Gotham by Gaslight, Death of the Family, Nightfall, Nightfall. I mean, there's just <laughs> there's so many great Batman stories out there, but this one is just it, I think it trumps them all. Yeah, this one has managed to <laughs> basically take all of that lore, be honest about it, and turn it on its head. <clears throat> And still have an underlying like plan that's going on in the background. It's like, is, is it? Is yeah. it going to happen? Is it? Uh, 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 are they playing with us? Uh, uh, is he messing with us? Oh uh, man, going to happen? <laughs> oh shit, buddy! <clears throat> but yeah, I love it. Oh, I love it. It's, it's so good. It's outrageously good. It, it it has no right being as good as it, it is. Literally it's, has no right being this good, especially among a bunch of DC comics that are unfortunately for the mainstream comics, not the side stuff, but the mainstream issues that are still in the current, you know, post-convergence universe. Yeah. Uh, they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later, but there are some really bad ones going on right now, and I think Marvel kind of has the same issue. Yeah. Where their side books are really good, but their main storylines are getting <laughs> Get pretty get, scattered and bad and right. not executed it very well. Can't handle the weight of everything that they're <clears throat> trying to do. So, yeah, Batman White Knight, if you're not reading it by now, <laughs> I, I pity you. Right. You, you need to get into this while it's still going yeah. to get the full experience and the excitement because oh, it's, it yeah. is outstanding. This, it, it's Sean Murphy's best work, in my opinion. This, and that includes his art. Yeah, th- this, in- this deserves <clears throat> your money. It does. Absolutely. But it's worth every cent. For a premise that you didn't like to begin with, that I thought was kind of interesting, I had no idea that I was going to be let down so hard with uh, Nightwing the New Order. Oh, no. It's final issue. Uh, oh, no. See, I was, <laughs> I was willing to forgive the premise. <laughs> and not not because it's a bad premise, but because the character they use, I don't think is appropriate. But right, um, this is a title that I was afraid of what they were going to do with this particular issue because of how they ended the last one. Mm-hmm. With um, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, this is a story about Nightwing basically being the progenitor of a fascist regime in which all superpowered people are depowered. Or at least most of them. Most of them. Um, and the idea behind this book is, like what, wh- like, what would that world look like? Like, what kind of world would we live in if that were the case and somehow Nightwing, the title character, ends up having a son... Who has powers? Yeah. 
and the classic karma's a bitch storyline. Right. It's a pretty classic tried and true story. It's like this this is what happens when you take something too far. Um we end this story in a way that just seems very for kids. Or it was like, oh, we're going to make it so that everything turns out okay in the end. Kind of a newer, neutered storyline. Yeah. It was like th- this story, for all of its issues, had serious balls to do what they did. <laughs> but then we go back and reverse it because we... we, we it's like we realize that, oh, and like the idea of Nightwing being kind of a villain in the eyes of so many heroes just it just it rubs so many people the wrong way then it's like oh i know what we'll do we'll have his son fix it (laughs) now i'm not saying this is the case because this is a six issue you know kind of mini series yeah um, that i would hope was pre-planned but this goes back to a topic we talked about a few weeks ago where i brought up the topic of uh reactionary writing yeah which i think has never been worse Mm. um i talked about how every era kind of has his own like unique style and genre and types of stories and stuff and yeah good bad or somewhere in the middle it's a good thing to retain it for in its original form because at the very least we can always look back at it kind of like a time capsule and see what the thoughts were at the time what the ideas were at the time what was controversial what wasn't controversial that sort of thing but now we're kind of living in an age where everything is super reactionary and not always to the fault of the rec- creator. Sometimes it's the company, sometimes it's the editor or whatever else. <clears throat> where because of things like social media, Twitter, Facebook, whatever else, uh, creators are constantly being bar- bombarded by feedback. And let's face it, usually it's negative <laughs> Yeah, on social media because it's... You know, people That's, usually don't take the effort to go and say, hey, that was a pretty good story, you know, on Twitter, unless it was like just out of this world great, you know. Right. Uh, so it's but either outstanding if, or it's bad, according yeah. to the Internet. Yeah. So there's no like mediary force to kind of keep things in the middle. So all people see are kind of extreme backlashes for a lot of things if they make a misstep. Right. Um, <clears throat> and I think there's that issue of reactionary storytelling now where you get three four issues in realize oh people really don't like this one premise or at least the outspoken ones don't like it so i'm gonna completely (laughs) go safe the rest of the way or i'm gonna flip (laughs) flip a coin and go this way for the rest of the time or i'm gonna completely you know write in some kind of loophole where it fixes whatever i screwed up or whatever something like that and i think that happens a lot unfortunately uh in comic books today because of the reactionary nature and i wish it didn't I wish that yeah. I wish all of these things were written ahead of time. You know, the artists and writers were cr- given a commission to write so many issues, and then when they were finished, they were released, so they can't change them. That's what I prefer. But um, I kind of wonder if this is an example of this. I don't know because it's a short series, but I kind of and it's not. It's yeah. not. It's not in a canon universe, so I don't know. But I I kind of wonder if that's what happened with Kyle Higgins, who I I respect a lot as a writer, but. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, th- it kind of seemed as though it was going in one very specific direction all the way up until about uh, actually halfway through this book. Yeah. And then they do like a, the story itself does like a very hard heel turn. And it's like, oh, it's like, oh, 
we found a way to bring all the powers back, and now we're gonna <laughs> have all of these characters do exactly what they always do every fucking time. And win, 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 no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the way that they portray Lex Luthor and Superman, Clark Kent, uh, it was interesting for like the last issue and like the first half of this issue up until spoiler alert powers come back and then they go back to doing the same shit that they do every time Ugh. that sucks that's a bummer i don't know i'll get to it eventually but that 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 bums me out yeah even if i don't like your premise i prefer that you commit to it and see it through than kind of turn heel and <laughs> yeah. change everything at the last minute to appease a specific audience. Yeah, there was there was one way in which I thought this heel turn could have been saved and that was if they had basically done probably the most ballsy thing that they could do with this comic. And that's sacrifice the boy. <laughs> so, next up, uh, we got some extra books that I added to the stock. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. First up, from Dark Horse Comics, again, from their Berger Books line, which is what the Hungry Ghost thing was from. Mm. Uh, we have Inca Negro Renaissance by Matt Johnson and Warren Pleese. That's uh, Incognegro. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's the same word. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Uh, a Harlem murder mystery, uh, number one of five. And the premise of this book is pretty interesting. It looks like it's like the 1920s, 1930s. Yeah, and it's got a roaring 20s feel. It's in Harlem, and they're attending, the main character is attending a kind of white socialite party celebrating the release of a book where... This kind of was a kind of a French white dude is yeah a French white dude is uh, kind of washed up author yeah he's known for being an alcoholic and not writing good books in about two decades and he publishes a book about <laughs> he publishes a book about Harlem with a very controversial title that. Uh, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> You're black. You can get away with it. I, I, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say it because, you know. Uh, it's like, N-word land. Yeah. I, like the minute the the minute one person says it, yeah. anyone who. Well, our YouTube channel will get completely blocked out because uh, we're quoting it. Oh, uh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. That, that's a headache I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> Internet, don't you do it. <laughs> but, uh. Basically, the premise is that this guy goes to this party with this author who's just released this kind of book where it, it, it seems like black people have become the kind of high-class society entertainment for the yeah. time period or whatever. And he writes this piece, and he he it's kind of insinuated that the guy who actually wrote it was his guide to Makes Harlem. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, with the way that they wrote it, it, they definitely implied that this guy basically just took inspiration from what this other black author had already written. Yeah. And the black author is not the main character, but something happens with the black author later on. 
Uh, the main character is basically a reporter for the local black paper in New York City. And a key plot point of his character is that he's fairly mixed, so he looks white. So he can kind of blend in with either crowd, and neither one really notices. Right. That's and, uh, actually a point of dialogue is uh, one of the characters asking him, why doesn't he just pass for white? Yeah. Why doesn't he just pass for white and take some of the power back, as he puts it? Right. And basically, when he wears a hat to hide his hair, nobody can tell he's a black person. Yeah. Uh, and he goes and kind of talks to people, and throughout the night, they kind of lean in and talk to him in a racist way, the white people being yeah. about, you know, black people and then kind of the opposite with his crowd and whatever else yeah so it's kind of on both sides so the the whole name incognito is kind of like playing on the fact that he's mixed and he can kind of <laughs> blend in with either crowd and hear the real side of things yeah it, um, it's very very much an inventive title yeah and i thought it was a really cool setup um it's really dialogue heavy <laughs> So it, yeah, take, it, it takes forever to get through this book, and it's all in black and white, so it's not like really a great feast for the eyes or anything. Yeah. Uh, so in that way, if you need that kind of visual <laughs> sustainment to keep you going, it's probably not a comic for you. But um, other than that, I thought it was great. I thought the writing was really good. I thought the premise was pretty good. Um, I mean, the whole incident at the end, you... <laughs> I don't know. I kind of think it was silly that they were so drunk that they couldn't react to it. <laughs> right. But um, other than that, there was some pretty good setup, and it looks like it's kind of your typical kind of noir mister, you know, murder mystery take with a kind of edge of like racial commentary on top of it. It's definitely the kind of thing that would make for an interesting movie it's kind of it's kind of like what i had hoped abbott would be <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> which is well done yeah uh, unfortunately abbott from boom comics was not <laughs> quite on that level they they leaned way too hard into one direction yeah so two really good back-to-back weeks for dark horse comics yeah with their non-mainline stuff and i'm <laughs> i'm looking forward to the second issues of both so Oh, yeah. Nice job, Dark Horse. You're getting back in the game. Next up, we had a book from Image called Versus uh, from Ivan Brandon and Asad Rebic. Hopefully I pronounced that right. This one was a a surprise to me. Yeah, it was pretty neat. And uh, it's a surprisingly thick book for four bucks. So that's another cool thing. Thanks, Image. Keep doing what you're doing. But uh, Versus is a kind of... I don't know if I want to say it because it's, it's kind of a spoiler, but kind of not because it's going to be the premise of the whole book, but it takes them like half the book to show you. Yeah, I mean, the title of it is Versus. Basically, it's like a live kind of space gladiator type situation where these yeah. these people are being televised, basically having wars and kind of outer space environments the the concept of war games like actually being like literal yeah in this case and there's this kind of the tom brady of (laughs) you know uh the tom for non-us football fans like the pele of (laughs) gladiatorial 
fighting who just keeps sustaining his career with artificial augmentation and surgeries and whatnot and just fighting through he doesn't want to retire he wants to keep staying on top and there's i don't know there's some cool sequences and cool setup the art is really good like the art is outstanding really love the art i'm just not a i think it's just because i don't like sci-fi that much Uh, especially like dystopian sci-fi yeah it always bores me I d- it's just my personal taste, but I don't think I'm going to pick up the second issue. Not because the writing was bad or anything like that. It's just because it's not to my taste, I don't think. Yeah, this the setting, it, it's not for you. Yeah. Well, how about you? How, what, how'd you feel about it? Because of actually being into that type of setting, I found it very provocative. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, like, I have never seen a more subtle allusion to the nature of being a a sportsman than in this book. Uh, That's basically what this title is. Like, the sci-fi setting is a backdrop for a story about an athlete who doesn't know how to do anything else. An athlete who's literally stuck in that career, even though it's probably literally killing them. Yeah. And (laughs) when he retires, which he won't do, it it will literally kill him. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's just uh, an interesting way to convey that type of story that I like. That's that's what I'm picking up from that is that, like, this is is a cool way to tell a story about an athlete who's probably going to die playing the sport yeah and i think it's i thought some things in it were framed really cleverly and really like humorously yeah where they have to take a break right before (laughs) he's about to murder the other guy for a commercial break oh yeah and then if the the other guy starts to move and he gets penalized (laughs) i thought that was really cool really funny hold on substitution yeah and if they cheat during the commercial break they get like disqualified and everything which oh Oh, yeah. It probably means death. Uh, who knows? But it is war games. It probably does mean death. Yeah. It was, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was really clever, but I just, it wasn't to my taste. So, unfortunately for me, I probably won't pick up the issue. Will, will you be picking up the next one? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Cool. Uh, next up, we had the third issue of Witchblade. Is it third or fourth? Maybe I'm, nope, it's third. I was right. Hooray! But for those of you unfamiliar, this is the reboot of Witchblade, which was one of our top ten comics of last year. Yeah. Um, Really good artwork, really good writing, Uh, and it's not the exploitative kind of boob comic it used to be, thank Mm. God. It's it's really, really good uh, from Image Comics, and the third issue, I I thought, just kept right up with the great things it was doing in the last two issues. Oh, yeah. uh, Great premise, great setup. Uh, in this version of Witchblade, instead of being a detective, she's a kind of uh, j- journalist and like a, uh, like a counselor, like a tragic event counselor. Yeah. Uh, so she kind of does a kind of s- public servancy, uh, kind of like public writer type thing. 
uh, which kind of gets her sucked into some, some dangerous situations. And then you add the kind of paranormal element of the Witchblade device to it. And it, it becomes a really cool setup and a really cool premise. So, Oh, yeah. Once again, I, I thought this issue wasn't as good as the other two, not because the content wasn't as good, but because the content was just kind of light. Like, I didn't feel like a whole lot happened this time around. Yeah. Uh, I was expecting a little bit more story and a little more to push forward. But they set up for the next issue to be really good, which I think is cool. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Witchblade's another one of those comics which I think is really great and a really a really good rendition and kind of revamping of an old kind of tired and kind of outdated <laughs> book, which oh, is what Witchblade yeah. used to be. So really cool. Caitlin Kittredge and uh, Roberta Ingranata, well, still killing it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say... This is what Witchblade should have been. Mm-hmm. And that brings up to our latest segment, Did the Content Match the Drapes? Ooh. This is our weekly segment, of course, where we talk about whether the cover and variant covers of the previous week uh, had content as good on the inside as the outside. Uh, this week we only got the one with uh, Batman number 40, which has you know a really, really cool kind of noir cover with wonder woman and batman and unfortunately just like her other (laughs) mainline dc cover that we really loved with nightwing the content inside was not not up to the standard of the cover on the outside unfortunately Um, which is a shame considering who wrote it uh, unfortunately mr miracle (laughs) uh writer tom king uh unfortunately he kind of slipped up on this one i think uh, the art, on the other hand, uh, which was <coughs> done internally uh, by Joelle Jones, just like the external cover art, was really good. Yeah. So, and the art's on point. It's just the story was. It, I I think it doesn't help that we're coming into the middle of this story. Mm-hmm. But uh, e- even with that, just the context within this particular comic itself. The story is just silly. Yeah, and it's... I was disappointed extremely because I thought the premise they had set up wasn't bad. I thought it was a cool premise. And I was like, oh, this could be intriguing. This could be different. This could kind of play on a more adult theme. Yeah. Um, And unfortunately, it just didn't hit the mark. Basically, we talked about it on a previous podcast, and I think last week, if you didn't listen to it. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's a premise where this guy who calls himself the gentleman, <laughs> so <laughs> stupid, <laughs> like the guppy and King Sturgeon. Uh, but apparently, this guy, the gentleman, is. I, I really want to believe that Tom King did not make that character. I up. hope it's just some like weird forties, fifties character that we just don't know about. Yeah. <laughs> and not a, a real name that he created, but this character yeah. called the gentleman is basically this kind of warrior immortal who fights off a, demi- a demonic horde called the Horde. <laughs> Very simply. Um, for time eternal uh, in this other dimension. And he asked woman for a fa- Wonder Woman for a favor uh, to allow him to take a day off. So to team up with somebody and come and like fight the Horde for him for a day so he could have a day off and visit... His girlfriend, essentially. (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) he didn't tell them that, oh, basically one hour 
in the real world is like a decade in there. So right. you're going to be fighting with this person for years and years and years and years and years in this other dimension fighting off hordes of demons. Wonder Woman chooses Batman because Batman is not uh, weak against magic like Superman. And he's strategically very brilliant. And obviously Batman and Wonder Woman have a history, which is obviously the dynamic Tom King, I think, was trying to set up. Yeah. Where they have kind of a romantic history, kind of a fleeting you know, flirtation that went a little further and sometimes and sometimes didn't. <clears throat> and for those of you who don't know, it's a spoiler, but it's like an old spoiler. Batman asked Catwoman to marry him. So, yeah, uh, that, that was from Batmanual. He he goes, <laughs> he he goes and fights these hordes with Wonder Woman for years and years and years and years. He wants to give in and kind kind of to his romantic instincts with Wonder Woman, but no. Oh. I don't I don't want you to read this, so I'm gonna spoil it. Spoilers <laughs> if you're gonna read it and you're worried about it. He doesn't give in to it <laughs> after forty years. Come on, man. <laughs> they don't even know that this warrior guy is gonna come back and he stays dedicated to Catwoman for forty years next to Wonder Woman, who is a woman he has been with <laughs> for a long period of time in the past. Um, yeah. So I thought that was kind of silly. And then when they talk about his concerns, let's see here, how many years was this? After 31 years. 31 the first years. The first thing he says is, I miss my dog. <gasps> oh. This is a man with a wife, a future wife. This is a man with children. <laughs> This Three, is a man. Four. This he actually has four fucking sons, <laughs> and kind of a daughter if you count Barbara. Uh, uh, sur- <laughs> kind of loose surrogate. Yeah, and um, the first thing he thinks about is the dog who would have been dead after thirty years. <laughs> it's like, do do uh, I miss like my my first adopted son? No. Do I miss my second one who died and then came back? No. Do I miss the third son who came in and helped me not be the absolute worst? No. (laughs) Do I miss my biological son who actually was the worst until I helped him? Well, no. Until my other son helped him while I was playing dead? While I was playing dead. And then I came back to continue where my first son left off. (laughs) No. I missed my dog? I missed my 30-year-old dog. Oh. <laughs> Tom King, what were you thinking? Yeah, so it was really dumb. <sighs> I I didn't like it. And then finally Catwoman figures out that this guy had lied and that they were really fighting for years and years and years and that there's a good chance that they were going to end up dying because they're just so worn out and tired and <laughs> and had ho- just hopeless. been doing it for years. Yeah, so it's the the premise of the book, and I'm sure the advertisement was a total cock tease to fans that were looking for some kind of depth, and then they just <sighs> kind of like your Nightwing book, just kind of like said, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> we don't want to deal with that drama. We're 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 gonna make everything work out in the end. Yeah. So this individual issue is not good. The the issue that set it up wasn't bad, but it it, it could have been way better. And then this issue. 
unfortunately ends the arc on something silly and obnoxious and not very realistic and has bad dialogue in it. I was just very disappointed. I'm in number 40. It was a bad book. Don't buy it if you can avoid it for anything other than the cover art. And unfortunately for me, I couldn't find a goddamn cover that wasn't damaged from (laughs) any of the comic shops I went to. They were all damaged. And it might have been a diamond issue. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Diamond fucked up and smashed a bunch of them. God but damn. nobody in Columbus had a, a clean issue of Batman number 40. So I can't even like frame it and enjoy the cover art because it's damaged and cracked. That's <laughs> fuck, man. So, yeah. All around bad. So, unfortunately, the content did not match the drapes. If you want to find out if next week's uh, covers match the drapes, be sure to stay tuned. Now, let's get into the news. Ooh, what do we got? Got a lot of stuff up this week, so uh, get yourself locked down and ready for some big-time news. Oh man. First up, trailers, 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 trailers everywhere. Trailers everywhere. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar, in the U.S., we just had the Super Bowl, and there was a few uh, trailers for superhero movies in that, uh, including the new Avengers Infinity War, which shows a lot more footage, a lot better CG, and a lot more characters. I like a lot. <laughs> So I I liked the trailer a lot. I thought the first trailer sucked. <laughs> I did not like the first trailer at all. Uh, um, you didn't like uh, Team Brains versus Team Gains? <laughs> no. Aww. No, I didn't like the terrible Spider-Man CG and the terrible scrotum-faced Thanos without his helmet. <laughs> but Spider-Man was so shiny. <laughs> no, the first one was not good, uh, in my opinion. But the new one that came out with, for the Super Bowl, I thought that one looked really good. Oh, yeah. And again, I don't understand why they didn't wait till the Super Bowl to release the commercial in the first place. Right. Because the last one they showed was like immediately before Star Wars Last Jedi was about <laughs> to come out. So they completely just stomped all over their production hype and their yeah. release hype for Star Wars. And granted, Star Wars still earned plenty of money because it's Star Wars, but... Maybe it's because they knew it was going to be bad, <laughs> and they were trying to distract people. But um, yeah, like, oh, so, Star Wars was was bad. But I, that Avengers trailer, though. <laughs> <laughs> so did you like that one? Um, I liked it better. It, I'm still just I'm I'm wondering what this story is going to be because the big issue with movies like these is that the idea that it, it it just might be too many cooks. Yeah, <laughs> too it, many. Co- it's too gonna many be cooks in the in the kitchen. It's gonna be tough to f- focus the story, but I think they're gonna do what they typically do and focus it on Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> and, and his charisma, <laughs> which is what all and the Marvel movies do nowadays. So yeah, and I think it'll be fine. Chris Evans to a slightly lesser extent because. That's what they do now in movies. They just yeah. pit the two of them against each other. So we'll have Earth Janitor and we'll have Space Janitor to help clean things up and <laughs> push the story along. Uh, next up, uh, another trailer we got was for uh, Solo, a Star Wars movie for all you fucking nerds. <laughs> uh, that one was, I think, also during the Super Bowl, oh, if I'm not mistaken. It hurts. Um, I thought it looked fine. People are all upset because they don't think he looks enough like Han Solo and doesn't sound enough like Han Solo, but I'm like... That's why they're upset. It's fine. And not the whole, maybe Lando deserves it a little bit more. (laughs) 
Well, what are we going to do with Lando? And in The Last Jedi, instead of getting Lando, we got some random fucking dude who was not the main dude. (laughs) (laughs) Benicio Del Toro. Uh, There's no one else who can do it, except this guy we're conveniently stored in a jail cell with. (laughs) Go fuck yourselves. (laughs) It's terrible writing. There's plot holes everywhere. There's no one else who can do it. We found someone else who could do it. Shit. (laughs) To be honest, I'm probably not going to see Solo in theaters, because I just don't care. (laughs) See, with Rogue One, I, I, I was into it because it was new characters that didn't have anything to do with the main like line characters right. beyond that they filled a plot hole from the main the first three movies right um and i thought that was done really well and i'm sure this one will be done well but i'm just not interested in a backstory especially based on the marvel the current marvel comics where he has another wife and <laughs> just a, a whole bunch of bullshit that i don't care to see on the big screen so oh, you don't want to see someone try to act like harrison ford no <laughs> not even a little <laughs> so i mean all he has to do is kind of uh walk towards the camera a little bit and then point and the thing is it's in the middle of the summer so there's going to be plenty of competition oh there's yeah. going to be plenty it's of probably the worst time they could could have chosen they should have just stuck with the typical winter releases for the star wars movies that they've been doing i think that would have made way more sense because there would have been less competition but speaking of summer competition there was another trailer that came out, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, just, let, let's talk about the hot boy. Deadpool 2. Oh. Featuring Cable. <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was funny, but I didn't think it was a good trailer. <laughs> it didn't get me any hype to see this movie, but I, I don't need more hype because I'm going to see it anyway, but... I thought it was perfect. <laughs> Basically, the gist of the trailer is you see Cable wrecking shit and being all dramatic in the future, and then it, they cut to then, look, and then they zoom in on his arm, which has not been CG'd. It's just like a green sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> and, they talk- and then in classic Deadpool form, he makes a very relevant joke. Let it rip. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Wait, hold on. What an ass? What the fuck? Why is why is the CG not there yet? It's not like we're trying to get rid of a fucking mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Shot Ooh. across the bow at oh Justice League. Oh my god, the shade. The shade was so dark that day. And he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not fucking wrong. But then they go into this little sequence where he plays with action figures in a dollhouse while, <laughs> while they finish editing the arm and then they show the arm and it looks cool. And Which is totally something Deadpool would do. And of course they're bringing back uh, Colossus and the little buzzhead kid. I, I don't know her name uh, you'll the, remember it the, and forget it just as quickly the goth girl whoever she is i just remember i saw i saw recently a picture of a hug between colossus and deadpool <laughs> he's grabbing colossus's ass <laughs> ass 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 thick <laughs> back to back weeks of thick very nice 
Uh, it's all about the dude bite. Uh, but yeah, that was. I'm I'm totally down. You don't have to sell me anymore. <laughs> I didn't even need the trailer, yeah, and I, I was sold. I think that's the thing that we learned is that we really didn't need to be sold yeah. anymore. We're already on we board. We didn't see much Domino though. Uh, no. I thought we were gonna see her a little bit more, but yeah. I mean, they they've been like showing like little bits and pieces in like each of these trailers. Yeah. But I I think. The closer we get to May, the more that we're going to see her. Yeah. So totally down for that. And then the last trailer I wanted to talk about, uh, obviously there was another Black Panther trailer, but we've seen like six million by now. So uh, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't have. any different than the others. Just had a different yeah, soundtrack to it. Quit spoiling the movie. I, I, I just want to see it. It's coming uh, this weekend. Next up, we we finally got the Venom trailer that they were supposed to show at that l- big hype event where they had the big artificial audience and <laughs> Tom Hardy showed off his shirt in a in a still shot where he's looking at a notebook <laughs> uh, about that. Did we get a Venom trailer? Because all I we saw got a sweaty Tom Hardy commercial. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we really got. We got a sweaty Tom Hardy commercial and a scene where we see some like black goop. Just swirling around. Yeah. So, Venom. <laughs> yeah. This is this is what we got so far, folks. Uh, they're they're trying to make some hype for this movie, but they're just <laughs> falling right on their face. They're banking on the guy who became a Bond villain in the last Batman, <laughs> like the Dark Knight trilogy movie. Yeah. So it's. It's just, it's premature. That's what it is. It's premature. It's, you guys weren't ready, yeah. and you tried to show what you could because you know everyone and their fucking mom laughed at you for not showing up with anything in your own hype event. Oh my god! Yeah, so it was, it was, it wasn't good. Uh, no, so it was not. I think they should have just waited. I think it. Th- I think the movie's gonna be fine, but I think they just should have waited. Yeah, let it <laughs> let it develop, and it then like put out the trailer when you need to. Right, not just in the middle of Black Panther week, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the middle of fucking Black Panther week. That's what, what is it with these that? companies and just being completely oblivious to competition? It just <laughs> doesn't make sense. Uh, no need to compete in house. <laughs> Next up, we have the Ninja Turtles finally making their DLC appearance in Injustice 2. Oh, yeah, boy. And we finally have an answer for how they're going to work. Apparently, they're each kind of individual characters. So when you pick a Ninja Turtle, they you pick which one you want. And each one kind of has their own style. You know, yeah. obviously, Michelangelo with his nunchucks and Raphael with his sigh and Donatello with his bow staff and Leonardo with swords. So I'm... A hundred percent sold. Oh, yeah. And now that all the characters are out, we can finally do a review. Oh, you damn right. <laughs> yeah. So um, I thought I think they look cool. Um, spoiler alert for the review. I'm not a fan of the whole gear system. So, And I'm kind of curious how they're going to do gear on the turtles because I haven't seen that yet. But Oh, I've seen it. And l- let's just say they got real creative. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of their... Uh, gear as it were uh kind of leans into their personalities with uh <laughs> with Mikey we're Please gonna... tell me they have a turtles in time <laughs> outfit. <laughs> I I don't think they have a turtles in time outfit, Damn. but they have a reference to that game, <laughs> which is I think uh there's a move that I think uh Michelangelo can do with like a 
a flying board where he just kind of it shows up under his feet and then he just kicks it at you. <laughs> That's cool. But yeah, I totally dug the trailer. I liked some of the previews I was saying. I think they each have a, a really unique fighting style, which will be cool. Oh yeah. So uh, I was totally sold when I saw it. It, it, here, here it gets even better. You can have it, Hellboy fight the Ninja Turtles <laughs> in the same game. Uh, it's it, amazing. Uh, not just that, you could have in that fight between Hellboy and the Ninja Turtles a Ninja Turtle literally eating pizza to <laughs> regain health. <laughs> it's so ridiculous and awesome. I'm and so then, down. And then take that pizza and chuck it at your fucking face. <laughs> because it's still Meanwhile, Atrocitus is sending his cat to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Together with our hellish hate. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm totally down for that. Look forward to that if you have the DLC package. Oh, yes, please. Uh, next up, this one's pretty cool. Marvel New Media and Stitcher, one of our podcast services, if oh, you want to yeah. catch us on Stitcher. Uh, have released a preview of their new listening comic. <clears throat> Wolverine, The Long Night, will be their first story read and will continue over 10 episodes. The first episode will premiere March 12th, 2018. The story will revolve around two agencies, or excuse me, two federal agents investigating a series of murders in Burns, Alaska. With the assistance of a local deputy, Bobby Reed, they will begin the investigation with a suspicious man named Logan. To learn more about it, you can go to uh, WolverinePodcast.com. Uh, but I think it's really cool. They were in the article. They were trying to like boost it up as the first like audio story on a radio show ever, and I'm like. Have you forgotten War of the Worlds, like the most <laughs> famous radio story ever that fooled people into thinking we were literally being attacked by aliens in the 1920s? Yeah, about that. It, it That kind of thing makes me feel as though they don't recognize things that they haven't done yet. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's typical. And even things they have done, like, oh, our first uh, comic book movie with a black superhero wait a minute oh wait marvel's already done this wait uh <laughs> wesley snipes why are you so mad we were just talking about the first black oh did you forget to pay your taxes again oh oh no wait. you were you were fucking blade that's right <laughs> who ruled we, the late 90s and early 2000s right we had you come out in 98 <laughs> holy shit it's almost like we completely forgot about you and that's just in marvel <laughs> <laughs> so, I thought that was kind of funny. Oh. But, uh, yeah, I think the premise sounds really cool, and obviously I'm a huge podcaster yeah. as far as listening and hopefully future oh, yeah. <laughs> participating. But um, <laughs> I think it's awesome. I think it, it could turn out really cool. It might be a disaster. I don't know what it's costing to develop because they had to hire a writer and a director and, like, voice actors. Right. Um, because they're not just reading you a story, they're actually participating in the dialogue uh, with each independent <laughs> audio actor or actress. So that's pretty cool. I, I'm totally down, and I'm interested in seeing how it turns out. I think the premise is pretty cool, and yeah, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool idea for them to tackle that medium. Um, and just have to see how it all plays out. So again, it comes out March 12th. 
and uh, it's called Wolverine the Long Night, and will be on their Marvel New Media Stitcher channel. Uh, next up, Marvel Comics and Omaze, O-M-A-Z-E, charity organizers have given you the opportunity to be drawn fighting alongside the X-Men in one of their issues. The funds from the charity contest will go to Gilson, G-L-S-E-N, a charity focused on creating schools that are safe and inclusive for students of any sexuality or gender identity. So if that sounds interesting to you and you want to be an X-Men, go ahead and check that out. Next up, from DC is starting two new comic lines focused on children and teens, respectively. The line dedicated to children will be called DC Zoom and will be headlined by comics called Batman Tales, Once Upon a Crime, Batman Overdrive, Black Canary Ignite, Dear Justice League, Super Sons, Super, excuse me, Superman of Smallville, and... This one's a little intriguing. Superman smashes the clan. Yes, the clan, the KKK. <laughs> Do we really uh, hold on. need Superman beating up Ku Klux Klan members? Hold on now. In a children's book. <laughs> hold on now. You mean to tell me that in 20 fucking 18 we still have issues like this happening. Yeah. On the children's line. On the children's line? I'm pretty sure the children's line isn't where you address uh, murderous racists. Right. It's like it, it, teens at the earliest. Or maybe just keep that an adult book where you can pr- probably do some of the things that you're actually wanting to do with this book. Yeah. So I thought that was uh, interesting. Now, apparently, a lot of people think it's going to be connected to the documentary, which is Superman versus the Ku Klux Klan, which is a documentary about DC fighting the Ku Klux Klan kind of racist endeavors with, you know, drawing Superman and writing Superman and all different things. Um, So I don't know if that's what they're going for, but I don't understand why they would put it in their children's line if they're trying to send out a serious message and talk about a serious history. Um, Yeah, I just thought there's a lot that you can't do, (laughs) like just yeah when you I mean restrict yourself lynchings and you know rapes and murders and just yeah all sorts of terrible shit. (laughs) Yeah, there there's a lot that you are going to have to leave out because of the audience you chose. So I don't know the intelligence of this particular action, but that's what's coming to your DC Zoom titles. Um, And then the other one for teens uh, will be called DC Inc. and will be headlined by Batman Gotham High, Batman Nightwalker, Teen Titans, Under the Moon, A Catwoman Tale, and Wonder Woman Tempest Tossed. Some of these subtitles are a little weird. <laughs> Only a little. But if you have a teenager or a child that you want to have comics for that are clearly marked for that age, that's probably the route to go. Now, I was a big fan of them doing this because I was like, finally, they'll, they they won't have to like kind of censor themselves in their mainline comics. You know, right. they'll finally be able to go out for adult consumers like ourselves. Um but it doesn't seem like that's the approach they're taking. It seems like they're just making completely separate comics for 
yeah, children for, and yeah. kids and it's, still maintaining the status quo for their current mainline books, which is a little disappointing, but yeah, <laughs> it, it it's almost as though they don't realize exactly how this could potentially open them up to being free yeah. to take more risks and perhaps get a little more adult with their books. Now, if you want to address things like racism, Ku Klux Klan, Nazis, I think a little bit of a spoiler, but not a big spoiler, uh, that Batman White Knight has the correct approach. An adult title, well-executed, good writing, great setup. I don't know if giving a bunch of children a designated for them book about Superman <laughs> beating the shit out of murderers and lynchers. And I don't know if that's the right approach. Not even teens, children. Uh, okay. Here, here's there, two rebuttals that I have to that. It's going to be so tough. <laughs> and not even rebuttals. These are just uh, other points to further confirm how silly this idea is. Mm-hmm. Did we forget that the X-Men weren't a thing? <laughs> well, this is DC. They don't have that uh, option. Uh, okay, that's true. But because of that, you should be able to respect that the other company has that covered. <laughs> Let them handle that. They've been doing this with X-Men for decades now. And Captain America, I mean. And Captain America. His entire job is literally to punch a Nazi in the face. <laughs> uh, right. And when they and, freeze him. Until he decides to become a Nazi because of a magic cube. But we won't talk about that. We're not going to talk about that because then I have to talk about how they <laughs> intentionally planned to have one Captain America punch another Captain America. <laughs> Don't even get me started on fucking Secret Wars. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and what was your other point? Uh, my other point is that there was already a very... There was already a very on-the-point panel... For Superman, and this is having to do with every form of hate or discriminatory bias, he literally says any person who engages in that kind of behavior, that behavior is simply un-American. We already have that! America. So I don't understand why they're going back and doing this when we've already done this well enough. Just bring that page back and remind people. Yeah, I don't know. I just, think, just I just uh, think it's a weird choice to put it on the children's line of all things. Right, you know, something as serious. <laughs> as the KKK, you're going to put in the children's line? Right. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, uh, you're just going to yeah. have them punching ghosts? <laughs> oh, spooky. Superman, save us. <laughs> yeah, I, This is Superman. <laughs> I, wonder if they're, I wonder if they're going to be like uh, the Charlotte KKK with like Lowe's tiki torches and like oh. looking like Mormons and <laughs> with tech glasses. See, here, here's my question. 
uh, is Superman going to kind of be afraid of them because apparently the KKK has grand wizards in their group. <laughs> oh no, he's weak to magic. He's weak to magic. Oh no. See, oh, I, shit, here's boy. the real question. Is Superman accepted by the KKK because he's blue-eyed and white? Or is he too much of an alien? He's not from around here. Alien sniffing up all the white man's hair. I'm very confused. (laughs) I'm very conflicted. (laughs) He's white (laughs) and powerful. (laughs) But he's... He he ain't from around here. He ain't from around here. He came across the atmosphere and is taking our jobs. (laughs) He's an illegal alien. (laughs) I don't know how to feel. (laughs) God. He's not from one of those shithole countries, though. Oh, no. Oh, I said it. I said it. <laughs> For those unaware, I quoted our president-elect. Oh, it hurts. Yeah, but he's also not from Norway. <laughs> what are we going to do? I don't know. I don't know. It's very, it's a very confusing time for us right now. I don't know, Jib. Let's go have some secret gay butt sex. <laughs> it's not secret if you get shouted out, Obadiah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God damn it. <laughs> Where's Chappelle when you need him? <laughs> Making specials. <laughs> Very good ones, by the way. Uh, yes. Damn, they were good. More, please? <laughs> Man, I'm too good at this. <laughs> He's right. Uh, Chappelle, I don't care if you think the country has turned into a bunch of bitch-ass N-words. We need more. <laughs> please. Uh, next up, sales numbers for January are in, and once again, DC dominated sales with six of the top ten selling comics this month coming from DC. Marvel had two, and Image had one. I will read to them, read you them right now. Ooh. Now, Marvel was still in the game as far as sales, uh, but that's just because they released a ridiculous amount of comics. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But as far as like the top selling ones, DC very easily. Uh, outnumber them like uh, just to give you perspective marvel released 41 different comic issues whereas dc released 28 if that gives you any kind of perspective (laughs) Uh, yeah and yet dc i think still had a higher sales percentage yep dc had 38 and marvel had 34 so take that as you will uh, the top 10 comics are as follows. Number one, Doomsday Clock, number three, which is about to die a horrible death because it's getting <laughs> delayed significantly. Uh, <laughs> every issue from now on is going to be every other month, so you're going to have to wait two, ish- two months for every issue because Whoa. they didn't want to reduce the size of the book. <laughs> Why are we playing chess against ourselves? Is I'm the telling question. you, that's the quickest way to kill a book is to delay it significantly. Ugh. And it's not just one book that's being delayed. It's every issue after number three. Uh, ne- number two was Dark Knight's Metal number five because event comics sell whether we like it or not. Uh. Number three was Batman number 38. Number four was Batman number 39 because... Batman sells. Number five was uh, Walking Dead, number 175. So that's pretty cool. Because it's Walking Dead. Um, number six was the first Marvel comic, Avengers, number 675. 
Number seven was Batman White Knight. Number four, get hyped. Get hyped. You got to be reading this book. Oh, oh, it's so good. Uh, Number eight was the second Marvel comic, Amazing Spider-Man slash Venom, Venom Inc. Omega, number one. Holy shit, that's a long title. And I don't understand how these comics, they're so random. They've appeared on the list twice now, (laughs) the past month and this month. Yeah. That's crazy. It's a title that I might just have to pick up because I have to see what the hype's all about. I I don't know if it's good because I haven't heard anything. Usually you hear something about it if it's good. You hear something. I haven't heard a goddamn thing. Yeah, the internet is like weirdly silent about that book. I wonder if it's just like a Batman effect. Maybe Venom is Marvel's Batman. They just don't know (laughs) it. Yet, <laughs> uh, yeah, they just it, it, it's untapped potential. And then number nine proves my Batman rule: uh, Batman and the Signal. Number one. God damn it! <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> don't buy that comic, please. It's a three-issue miniseries, but don't buy it. <laughs> I'll have another reason for you not to buy it later in the news. And then number ten is Old Man Hawkeye. Number one. So yeah. So three Marvel comics. My bad. Uh, What was that last one? Old Man Hawkeye. Old Man Hawkeye. Which is a very good comic. Old Man Hawkeye. (laughs) Uh, Next up, Nightwing director Chris McKay has announced the script for Nightwing is nearly finished and will be proposed to the studio heads via Ripomatic, which is like a little slideshow of the premise they want to set up with some like generic music soon. <laughs> now, see, we saw the pictures of Robin and the Titans TV show thing. Yeah. And I, the costume looked good, except I, for the mask. I don't think Nightwing's going to be leading the Titans. I think it's going to be Robin because they don't want to step on the toes of their DC Universe Nightwing film. I I'm Holy almost, shit. I'm almost certain I was right. Holy <laughs> shit. I'm almost certain. They haven't confirmed it, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm pretty sure they decided to make this movie and we're like, oh, Titans needs to stop that. <laughs> Put a Robin suit on him. Right. It's like it, 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 Nightwing leading the Titans? Are you kidding me? Everyone knows that team as the Teen Titans. How are we not doing that? Now, there's some other DC film news coming up, and I, I'm hoping that this Nightwing movie takes the approach of the Scorsese-produced Joker film that they're doing, where it's a completely separate universe, and I hope that they just kill this DC Cinematic Universe as fast as they can, and I I hope so hard that Shazam, which is in production right now and being filmed right now, is not in the proper DC Universe right now, because it's so bad. And there's so many actors trying to jump ship. Uh, when your Batman wants to leave, you know, the highest fucking selling character that you guys have. You got a problem. You you guys fucked up. So, yeah. I, oh. I, I, I'm glad the Nightwing's finally getting some respect that he's due. But I would prefer that he, they have a new universe and then he appear in a Batman film one, first. Because I think a lot of to people are going like to be like, set who? him up? Yeah, because I think a lot of people that aren't familiar are going to be like, who is this guy, you know? Like, who if the you, fuck? If you did not watch, like, Batman the Animated Series because you were too young or something. Right. And you don't read comics properly, you're going to have no fucking idea who Nightwing is. Maybe if you played, like, the Arkham games, maybe. And only it, the third one, really, because yeah. he doesn't really do much in the first two. Well, in the first two, he's a playable character 
that literally has no interaction with the story whatsoever. No, he's he's like extra danger room stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, it, it's only in the third one where it becomes very apparent that uh, Batman doesn't want any form of a Robin in this game. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you're tagging along here. Okay, we, we can do this fight, but then get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> so... He does say thank you, though, for the first time ever. <laughs> to anybody who is an Alfred, he says thank you. Um, that rich fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, DC is planning to develop a Lobo film. Please don't be in the main universe. Please. I'm begging you. <laughs> Holy shit. You're... You're joking. It is being Th- bi- this is fake news no, that you're telling me right 100% now. This is 100% real news. Sorry, Mr. <laughs> President. <laughs> Lobo, Lobo is planned to be Warner Brothers' response to Fox's Deadpool. Michael Bay is currently the favorite to direct. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Please don't put this in the main universe. Please. I can't take any more. It's going down with the ship, boy. Uh, (laughs) I'm so so scared. They're steering straight into the iceberg with this fucking Titanic. Next up, (laughs) Martin Scorsese, the Martin Scorsese produced Joker film, directed and written by Todd Phillips, has gotten its Joker. Joaquin Phoenix has uh, agreed to play the part of Joker in this new movie, which will be in a different universe than the main DC canon film. But right. it, this this is my already big strike against it. Scorsese has his name on this. And Just Leonardo like Chris, Di- yeah. Yeah, Leo isn't starring in it. Yeah, and um, then you got like the whole like Chris Nolan producing Man of Steel and then not directing him being totally not Ooh. Nolan-esque, as I expect this will not be Scorsese-esque at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> so... I thought it was oh. a great idea when I thought Scorsese was directing, but now that I know that Scorsese's not writing or directing this, I'm a little worried. Right. He's um, just putting his money on it. <laughs> so it will be outside of the current DCEU. However, uh, it will not affect Jared Leto's future roles as Joker. The current one we know of is Suicide Squad 2, and they're trying to make his own kind of Joker movie. So, right. fuck that. <laughs> About fuck that. that. Um, we're going to need you to laser off that fucking damage thing you got in your forehead. Yeah. And yeah. we're going to need you to get your teeth fixed right. And we're also going to need you to act like the Joker. Oh god God damn it (laughs) DC cannot destroy this universe Quickly enough (laughs) Next up in the news Warren Ellis current writer of The Wild Storm Which I love because Grifter Grifter has announced issue 12 is being delayed two weeks and all following issues will be delayed a month or two. That is the quote from Warren Ellis due to delays in writing. He said he didn't even have the script finished for the next issue. You can expect issue 12 on March 7th. Like I said, there is no quicker way to kill a fucking book than to delay it 
and not only delay it by like a week, but I mean significantly and repeatedly. So I'm really worried about the Wild Storm because it's a good book, and now yeah. now it's gonna go right in the garbage because it's not gonna be on the shelves. <laughs> um, it, yeah, th- this is. It's just too much work to catch up for fans, you know. Right, month it, is already a long time to wait, you know. Yeah, the the reason it kills a book is because momentum is a thing. Once you lose momentum, people forget. Yeah. So unfortunately, you're not getting uh, a new Wild Storm book this month. It's coming out on the seventh, and then after that, you're gonna have to wait an extra month or two. I don't know what. <laughs> I know Warren Ellis is a writer, like uh, an author of several books, but you're telling me you couldn't sit down to write a 30-page script for a comic book? The only reason I think he probably put that off is because he he, he, he wanted to do something else. But the thing is that screws over everybody in the chain of command because that screws over uh, the, the artist who has to do the pencils and then the person who does the inking and then the person who does the coloring and then the person in who does the lettering for the, the, the script and then the person who does the digital editing with the Photoshop and whatever else they got to do and then the editor themselves have to overlook it and make sure they're not fucking something up <laughs> <laughs> and then they have to do all the processing to get it to print and get the orders out which are months ahead of time how do you not even have a working script yet for the next issue <laughs> this is what I'm saying comics Comic companies, their current business model does not work. They have to get people to write the stories out at the very least. Even if you don't have the art done, get the stories written out completely before you release the new title. Have it planned for six issues, eight issues, ten issues, twelve issues, whatever you got to do. Get it prepared and then announce it and put it on the docket. Because these delays are killing books and killing fans. Yeah. You know? Like, you are shooting yourselves in the foot. And if you get one or two unreliable writers or artists or overburdened writers or artists like Jim Lee, who's constantly having to do a million things and, and is causing yeah. delays, um, it's, it's just not... It's just not consistent. It's not achievable. <laughs> You're not going to be able to sustain this business model. Right. Um, it just it doesn't work. So that really, really bums me out and really upsets me. I I wish they would stop doing this. And then our last news item is another delay. Batman and the Signal number three has been delayed six weeks. It's a three-issue arc. <laughs> You're telling me you couldn't write out and draw a three-issue story arc? <laughs> Without delays, and every issue of this book has been delayed. I, I, I hate the premise. I hate the <laughs> setup. And you compound that with delays for the people that do actually like it? That's just ridiculous. That's uh, You can't it, do obscene. that. scene. So it will now oh. be released April 18th. We are in February. Oh. The next issue will not be out until April 18th at the earliest, I should say. Oh. It is the third delay for the third issue in the miniseries, which is originally expected to premiere in November. So, you want to kill a comic? That's how you kill a comic. It, yeah. Especially, yeah, that is. it was one of the top-selling comics of last month for the first issue. And that was because, of, the only reason it was in January is because it got delayed. <laughs> and now you're delaying the final issue? It's a three-issue series! <laughs> you couldn't complete the work before announcing it? <laughs> Oh, I hate this business model. It's so bad. Uh, yeah, it's it it's slowly <sighs> killing any kind of fan like base that yeah. they could have had. It just it it's not sustainable. 
So I know it was long. There's a lot of news, but that, my friends, is the news. And you know, it's right around here when I think to myself, the thing we do. Come every on, man! Week, every time I ask you. Actually, no. I'm gonna have Bob do it. Bob. You're, Bob. you're killing me right now. <laughs> Bob, Bob, just say it. What comments are we getting up this week? Well, Bob, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> uh, first up, from DC Comics, we have Action Comics number 997. Oh, man. Yeah, we need to uh, stop doing this huge numbering. <laughs> Please. Yeah, I think 1,000 is good, and then we should just restart with number one. Right. That would be wonderful. Uh, next up, we have Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number 19. We have Dark Knights Rising the Wild Hunt, number 11. They really got to <laughs> stop with this Dark Knights metal thing. Please stop. Uh, then we have Dead Man, number four. We have Detective Comics, number 974. We have Gotham City Garage number nine. Not a good comic. Don't pick. Don't buy this. Cool covers. In- inside is horrible. Uh, then we have Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number thirty-eight. We have Justice League of America number twenty-four. We have New Superman and the Justice League of China number twenty. Uh, we have Ragman number five. We have Red Hood and the Outlaws number nineteen. We have Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, number 90. Now, this is the type of book I thought was going to be <laughs> in the DC Zoom launch. Right. Not, That's where it belongs. Not Superman versus the KKK. God damn it. Uh, then we have Scooby-Doo Apocalypse, number 22. We have Shade, the Changing Girl cross Wonder Woman, special number one to round out the goofy uh, Doom Patrol side <laughs> books. Yeah. Where we have Superman as the milkman, Batman as the priest, and Wonder Woman as like the stereotypical 50s domestic housewife. A cleaning lady. <clears throat> Next up, we have Sideways, number one, which is one of the new era of DC heroes featuring new and diverse characters. Let me read you this uh, synopsis. <laughs> now, it's already not starting well because the name is Sideways. That's the character's name. Really? I thought that was the name of a movie starring Paul Giamatti where he, he gets drunk a lot. Sideways is not a noun. Sideways <laughs> is an adjective. That's like naming a character dark. <laughs> if you don't understand how ridiculous this is, please just fire yourself, dark. current editor of DC. Dark, dark, dark. You couldn't think of a better name than Sideways. Dirk Steel. No, no steel. No steel. Just dark. Dark. <laughs> That's what this is. Sideways. Ugh. Uh, so, beyond the stupid name, during the events of Dark Knight's Metal, not a great start. Nope. High school junior Derek James accidentally fell through a rift into the Dark Matter dimension. Now, as Sideways, he can create rifts in midair to leap through dimensions at will. But with that much power comes great liability. 
and cracks are starting to form in the fabric of space time of the space time continuum. So, yep, <laughs> not a great premise. Hopefully, the book will be good. We're gonna pick it up because we want to support the new era of DC heroes because we think they're doing things the right way. It's just a matter of quality now uh, <laughs> and right. dumb names. Right, that's the only thing. But we'll see how this works out. Hopefully, it's good. Uh, next up, we have Suicide Squad, number 35. We have Supergirl, number 18. We have The Flash, number 40. We have Titans, number 20. We have Wildstorm, Michael Cray, number 5. We have Wonder Woman, number 40. You know, maybe we wouldn't have delays with the Wildstorm if we didn't have a sub-issue called Michael Cray (laughs) with a character nobody even cares about. But we have to develop the character. You know what's Cray? That's Cray. (laughs) From Dynamite Entertainment, we have Barbarella and 17 million boob variants. Number three. We have Hack and Slash versus Vampirella. And, of course, several scantily clad boo variants. Number five, we have Killer Instinct, number five. We have Robin Hood, The Curse, number two. We have Sheena, number six. We have Vampirella, number ten. We have Xena, number one. Yeah. Lucy Lawless on it. From Marvel Comics, we have Avengers, number 680. We have Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, number 14. We have Cable, number 154. We have Captain America, number 698. We have Doctor Strange, number 385. We have Marvel 2-in-1, number 3. We have Miss Marvel, number 27. We have Old Man Hawkeye, number 2. Get hyped. Oh. We have Old Man Logan, number 35. We have Star Wars, Darth Vader, number 11. We have Star Wars, Poe Dameron, number 24. We have Star Wars, Thrawn, number 1. We have The Amazing Spider-Man, Annual, number 42. We have The Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, number 16. We have The Despicable Deadpool, number 294. We have The Falcon, number 5. We have The Punisher, number 221. We have The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 29. We have Weapon X, number 14. We have X-Men Blue, number 21. And that rounds out Marvel. Just a reminder from our stats segment. (laughs) (laughs) Volume over popularity, apparently. Yep. It, It just it keeps happening. That is the method. Also, did did I quietly lose my mind, or is a man in a fucking bird costume attacking a demon? Birds! Birds! <laughs> From Image Comics, we have Angelic, number six. Oh, my God. We have Curse Words, number 11. We have Dark Fang, number four. We have Death of Love, number one. We have Invincible, number 144. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have the new the new Kick-Ass, number one. Oh, For those of you okay. unfamiliar, instead of a, a Jewish teenager 
who is way in over his head fighting crime on the streets of New York City. We have a middle-aged black woman who is an army veteran fighting crime in the same outfit as the Jewish boy in New York in the streets of suburban Arizona and taking care of two children. Why? (laughs) Why? Why, for the love of God, do we have this character doing this? Why do we have a trained army veteran taking on the costume of a quite honestly inept Jewish boy from the Bronx and fighting, using sticks fighting sticks <laughs> in Arizona you realize there's a lot of space in Arizona even like the biggest city which i think is phoenix it, yeah there's a lot of fucking space <laughs> You're an army veteran who isn't using the guns that they probably have in Arizona while taking care of two children. Two kids. Not one. Not even just one. Two. Mark Miller, are are you still on the planet Earth? (laughs) (laughs) Did you join forces with Grant Morrison to... (laughs) Smoke every hallucinogenic substance on the planet, right? Uh, it's uh, whatever it is that you're on. I- I'm giving you one issue to justify your drug use, because <laughs> it it it's premise alone. Oh, and it's drawn by John Romita Jr. So we get box face for everybody. Oh God, Woo! everything's box. <laughs> everything's a box. It's everything all the way down. So I don't like anything <laughs> about what they're doing. <laughs> we'll see if I'm proved wrong. I it, suspect I will not be. <laughs> <laughs> There's oh. not a single thing I like about what they're doing right now. Right. So it, like Kick-Ass was a surprise hit. He even did really kooky things like uh, Nemesis and the f- what the fuck was that other title? Superior. That 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 was a pretty decent one. Uh, but going back to this one surprise title, I mean, even the Kingsman, like, it, yeah. Now you're going from little girl who's an assassin, whose dad is essentially Batman, and an inept teenage Jewish boy fighting crime with sticks and getting his ass beat every issue, <laughs> to middle-aged army vet mom in Arizona. <laughs> what? Uh, okay, it it would be one thing if she wore something else. <laughs> nope, we're going with the bright green suit with the yellow uh, dishwashing gloves. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bright green onesie. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't dwell on this anymore. It's just frustrating me. Oh, it hurts. Now, I have theories as to why Mark Miller made this choice. Oh, yeah. Not for the location. I can't justify that in any way. <laughs> yeah, or the no. kids. Not even a little bit. But I have a theory. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Uh, next up, Kill or Be Killed, number 16. Uh, Lazarus 
X plus 66, number six. We have Mage, the Hero Denied, number six. We have Paradiso, number three. I'll see if they redeem themselves with the third issue. It's it's funny because the first issue I really liked, the second issue you liked, and I didn't like. Right. And you didn't like the first issue. And now the third issue is coming up. I'm like, will they find the happy medium? Or will will they piss both of us off? (laughs) Then uh, next up we have another get hyped moment. Port of Earth, number four. Oh, get hyped. We have Sleepless, number three, which has been pretty solid. Although the, I wish they'd stop with the whole royal etiquette dialogue for it, it, the yeah. entire issue. Yeah, can can we just actually get to the... Can we just talk? <laughs> yeah. And just get to the next panel. Right. Uh, then we have Slots, number five, which is a pretty cool concept. Uh, we have The Black Monday Murders, number eight. We have Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses, number 32. We have Twisted Romance, number nine, and Youngblood, number nine. Ooh, shit. A lot of stuff from Image this week. From IDW, we have G.I. Joe, a real American hero. U.S.A. U.S.A. And the America. Olympics. <laughs> Number 248. We have Goosebumps, Monsters at Midnight. Number three. We have We have Star Wars Adventures. Number seven. And that wraps up IDW. From Boom Studios, we have Grass Kings, number 12. We have Judas, number 3, which continues to have awesome-looking art. We have Regular Show 2018 Special, number 1. We have Rocco's Modern Life, number 3, with another (laughs) portrait of one of the characters for the variant. Of course. We have Skyborn, number 5. We have The Planet of the Apes. Ursus, number two. We have The Power of the Dark Crystal, number 11. Featuring the Santa Takeda variant. Oh, yeah. Oh, Santa Takeda. She's so good. I actually just started reading Monstrous. For the first time? Yeah. Isn't it awesome? It's amazing. It's so good. Oh, So good. If you're not reading Monstrous, it just started, it's kind of, I guess, second season. Oh, yeah. I think two weeks ago or something. It was our cover of the week. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, so good. It's so hot. <laughs> From Titan Books, we have Atlas and Axis, number two. We have the Doctor Who, the 12th Doctor Adventures, year three, number 12. Uh, we have Minky Woodcock, the girl who handcuffed Houdini, number three. <laughs> and fair warning. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still 12. Minky, <laughs> Minky Woodcock. Well, it's going to get worse. Uh, fair warning to anybody wanting to read this. I picked it up. I didn't read it. I just looked through it. There's a lot of naked. There's a lot of naked in that book. I'm going to pick up that book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's like a just shamelessly smut comic or if it's actually there's some depth to it. And they just felt like for story reasons, it was appropriate to draw a lot of naked women. But we'll see. Yeah. Fair warning. Fair warning. From... Uh nope, still Titan books. We got Robotech number seven. We have Torchwood, The Calling, number four. We have Warhammer, 40k, Fallen number four. And that wraps up Titan Books. From Valiant, we have Bloodshot Salvation, number six. And Ninja K or Ninjack. I call him Ninjack, but it's spelled Ninja K. It's Ninja K. Number four. 
Ninjack. Ninjack. <laughs> and look at all that great comic <laughs> content for them to make a movie universe from. <laughs> so excited. Oh, yeah. Two whole issues. Two whole issues. From Dark Horse Comics, we have Giants, number three. Didn't quite hit my my taste. Uh, Jenny Finn, number four. And that wraps up Dark Horse. From Archie Comics, we have Archie, number 28. And we have Marvel Comics Digest, number five, Avengers and Black Panther. Really capitalizing on Black Panther <laughs> for the release. From Oni Press, we have Invader Zim, number 28. From Lions Forge Comics, we have Catalyst Prime Excel, number four, and Ghost Money, number seven. We have, From Scout Comics, we have Solar Flare, number four. And Stabity Bunny, number two. And that is everything coming to your local comic book shops. Please support your local comic book shops. And digital devices this week. Remember, our podcast releases on the same day that your new comics release, Wednesday. Oh, yeah. And now it's time to hand out the prestigious, nay, life-changing award of cover and variant cover of the week. First up, from Marvel, we have Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider cover by Carrie Randolph. And this cover features a kind of like, uh, almost like cell-shaded art style. Yeah. It's, it's really, really kind of neat. It's obviously got the Spider-Man webbing all over the top, or he's kind of... Classic spaghetti. Gotten some classic criminals, and it looks like they're robbing a bank or something because he's got a backpack full of money. Uh, or maybe he stole it. Who knows? Yeah, th- this is the kind of cover that... Uh, th- there's a story going on here. And the the way the way it's framed, it looks like either he stole the money from the guy, the guy stole the money and he found it, or the guy stole the money, he found it, and is considering keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar with Ben Riley, he's basically a clone of Spider-Man. Yep. And decided to do Spider-Man things with a slightly different outfit. Initially, when Spider-Man wasn't there, and then when real Spider-Man, Peter Parker, came back, then he's like, all right, I'll just wear a hoodie, and oh yeah, we'll be cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, this cover is really, really cool. Carrie Randolph did an awesome job, and I think, um, to be honest, it makes me really want like a Ben Riley Telltales game. Oh, yeah. Because I think, I think Ben Riley would be perfect. You know, Sure, you can make a Spider-Man one. But I think kind of like the Fables Telltale game or like The Walking Dead where they had different characters than Rick. Uh, I think it would be really cool to have like Ben Riley, a Spider-Man tell or something like that Yeah, for Telltale games. And, and this art style just clearly illustrates how cool it could look. Yeah, I think it would work out really well. Yeah, I, I think that there definitely needs to be more proliferation of media that explore these other Spider-Men because there's so much potential here. Yeah. So I think it's pretty cool. I uh, love the cover. Great job, Carrie. And on that note, we'll go to another individual named Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> Different spelling. Both of them spelled in a weird way, I'd say. <laughs> Carrie Randolph spelled K-H-A-R-Y. Ah. This Carrie spelled K-A-A-R-E. <laughs> And he's Canadian, so maybe it's like a French pronunciation. Yeah, maybe it's like Carrie. 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 
Killer. <laughs> Killer. <laughs> Uh, or maybe it's just English Canadian and it's just Carrie. Um, probably just Carrie. <laughs> the award of variant cover of the week goes to Action Comics number 997. And this one's done by Carrie Andrews. And this one is just like the the perfect over the top showing of Superman holding a giant American flag while floating above the city, which I would assume is Metropolis. I literally could have sworn that I heard the 1978 Superman theme <laughs> the second I started looking at it. Like, <laughs> and just the flapping of the flag, the flapping accenting of the, flag. the song. Yeah, with his <laughs> with his cape too is just it, it's so majestic. It's beautiful. But yeah, this is a really awesome uh, cover. It, it, it looks like it's an oil aesthetic. It looks like he painted with oils of some sort. Uh, the flag looks awesome. The character looks awesome. And quite honestly, I think going back to the red underwear is a big mistake. Coming up in two more, three more issues. And he just doesn't. He looks better with he looks, just having a red belt. He looks so much more reasonable and cool. Yeah. <laughs> with, with just pants, without the red underpants. Again, I'm not the Superman fanboy that are the ones raising hell about the, the underwear, but I think it brought us into the 21st century. Uh, y- yes. <laughs> and uh, this, I'm a little ashamed that we have to go back to the red underpants joke. Uh, uh, honestly... Th- it's a mistake. I don't know why yeah. we had such a vocal minority <laughs> asking for the red endies again, or uh, as Grant Morrison liked to call them, Kryptonian overpants. You gotta <laughs> stop doing the shrooms. <laughs> Come on, Grant, calm down. But uh, no, this no, is, I could totally could... justify the endies, man. <laughs> I, I bet you. But uh. Uh, This variant cover is really cool, and I just want to shout out at least two more variants because there were some really good variants this week, and unfortunately, we could only choose one. Um, Another variant we had was Detective Comics number 974. This variant was done by none other than Raphael Albuquerque, who has won in the past, and the other one was Suicide Squad number 35 variant, and this one was done by uh, Andre Sorrentino, who actually won pretty recently, I think, a few weeks ago. Yeah. So two two people who have won in the life-changing award of comic <laughs> and variant co- cover of the week. Um, so with that, big congratulations to both of the Carries, Carrie Andrews and Carrie Randolph for their Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, number 14, and Action Comics number 997 variant cover. Both look outstanding, and I really wish I could get like the <laughs> the Action Comics one like on a big canvas. Right. It looks so epic. Now, this is the portion of the show where we each discuss a topic of our choosing about the world of comics for your amusement. Mm. Emery, what is your topic? <laughs> well... I'm not sure you heard, but there's a particular movie coming out this weekend. Oh, I couldn't M- guess what it was. Oh, you couldn't? M- maybe you've heard Is it, it The Shape passing? of Water. Uh, n- no. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and for all of you who haven't asked the question already, yes, yeah, she does the fish. <laughs> Hot. 
Dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that one's thin. No. It, it's Doug Jones. He's a thin man. He's in a fish costume. <laughs> <laughs> one of his now two fish costumes. Um, yeah, this is... Uh, I, I can't believe I'm talking about this. Because I can't believe we haven't discovered that this doesn't work. But apparently, there's been some talk about uh, the Black Panther reviews coming out. And there's a certain vocal minority that might be saying something slightly negative about it. And in reaction to this, uh, other reviewers have... And when we say reviewers, we mean people. Just yeah, we not we mean, not like yeah. news journalists or anything. Yeah, just not, everyday people. Yeah, not the people who have actually seen early screenings of this. Uh, we we've heard these vocal people saying, "Oh, anybody who talks anything negative about this movie is a racist." And you know how we're going to counteract that? We're going to just put up a bunch of reviews that uh, just give it perfect 10s out of 10s to try to counteract their low score. And why? Why are we doing this? Why, in this day and age, with the internet, are we consistently putting out lies in order to further a narrative that doesn't need your fucking help? Yeah, <laughs> it's. I'll I'll post a picture here. I'll probably I'll try to blot out the names, but there's a, a a, a forum I follow, uh, from the old days of IGN called Podcast Beyond, which is a PlayStation podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm not really a fan of it nowadays because I don't enjoy the host style as much as I did when it was Greg Miller and Colin Moriarty and uh oh, several the, the, several others. The, the kind of funny guys. Yeah, yeah, they're on kind of well, kind of well. One of them is. <laughs> one of them got pushed out because of a kind of SJW incident, Ooh. where he made a joke about a day of silence, a day without his girlfriend, or something. Oh, yeah, and apparently that's too sexist. So, but to me, that's like every episode of every sitcom ever. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, he left and he's doing his own thing, I guess. But which I'm not really a big fan of either. Uh, but I love them with kind of funny and IGN, and um, I, f- I still follow the forum because I like the discussion. I like you know I like the fans. Obviously, we have the same passions in f- as far as video games go. Yeah. But there was somebody who posted this thing about oh racists were giving Black Panther bad reviews, so we got to respond by giving more fake reviews. I was like, no, no, <laughs> don't. What are you doing? Stop it. <laughs> One, you don't know that they're fake reviews just because they were critical. Right. And B, why do you want to prol- proliferate bad reviews, like n- n- fake reviews, with more bullshit fake reviews? <sighs> what if you go to see the movie and you really don't like it after giving it this 10 out of 10 in response to what you thought were racist? Right. Aren't you going to feel dumb? Like, right. Wait to see the fucking movie if you want to review it at all. Right. Like, it's like we're trying to eliminate the concept of objectivity and replace that with the desire to competitively further a narrative yeah so it's it's so ridiculous like just see the movie right (laughs) don't don't wait how much time how much free time 
do you have in your life where you can go out and make fake reviews for content you're anticipating <laughs> because you feel that bad reviews are somehow racist, right. whether they are or not? I just, <laughs> I just think it's so ridiculous. No one did this for Blade. Right. No one was up in arms trying to defend the chastity and greatness of Blade <laughs> when it was about to coming out. You know, yeah. nobody did this for fucking Spawn or right. Steel because <laughs> Steel was great <laughs> in a terrible, terrible way. Uh, 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 yeah, fake news. But this, <laughs> uh, but there's just that's not how you respond to these things. And I have another issue, and this is a Disney issue, where Disney has a very sordid history with reviewers where if you give them any kind of negative review, they blacklist you. And I'm talk I'm not talking like, oh, three were on a movie that was unreasonably rated low. I'm talking like a seven <laughs> and a movie that they wanted to build a hype machine for, which is their business model. And <sighs> if if a company like Disney blacklists you you're out of a job because with the purchase of Fox, especially, oh, yeah. that's like 90% of the movies your newspaper or your news station needs you to review. Right. How are you going to do your job if you get blacklisted from all the events? Sure, you can see it once it comes out, but by then, every news outlet will have already beaten you to the punch and you're not going to get any of the revenue right. that you need from the clickbait and whatever else. So not only are professional viewers completely skewed because they lose their job if they review too poorly and they get blacklisted by Disney, which does happen. Whether you yeah. believe it or not, it happens. And yeah. only it's Blacklisting only, is real. It's only known to happen with Disney, at least in recent years. And they own so much of the market, they don't care <laughs> when they get criticized for it. The last time it happened, they went, oh, our bad. But they kept doing it. They didn't give anybody their passes back or anything for the bad reviews. Uh, so those people yeah. were still pretty much out of a job, <laughs> almost yeah. guaranteed to be laid off. Yeah, um, the, the mouse is uh, many things. Forgiving, it is not. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't you better not give me a bad review. Oh, enjoy living in the gutter. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. If you try to eat out of our trash can, we'll shoot you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, oh. You can't not only it do you burns. have issues with trying to trust like real reviews, you can't even trust like user reviews now because 90% of them came before they even saw the movie. Right. In an effort to either shit on a movie because they didn't like some premise or actor or whatever or to artificially boost a movie because they're afraid that somebody won't like it as much as they will right that's just ridiculous stop it disney has enough hype as it is by itself with its own bullshit antics you don't need to add to the shit pile with more bullshit antics but yeah this is uh the type of issue where We've gotten to the point where these, and this probably took a while to establish, but we had established reviewing sites that you could go to and you could uh, more or less get an idea of what you could expect going into a movie like this. Yeah. And this type of behavior just shatters any kind of credibility that they would have had otherwise it, yeah it, for me it makes it so like 
I feel like I can't trust anybody or any outlet or any site. Right. And I either have to see the movie for myself and make a determination, which is ultimately probably the right choice. Right. But then you got to think, like, how often am I going to go into the theaters and have a bad experience? And I, you know, unsolicited and, you know, movie tickets aren't cheap. They're pretty pricey, especially now, you know, and they get only more expensive with IMAX and 3D and all this stuff, you know, right? where we're talking north of $20 for a single ticket, you know, and that's without amenities and stuff, you know, that costs another <laughs> outrageous amount of money. Yeah, that um, that's one of the biggest reasons why reviewers have proliferated so much yeah. is because people want to know what they're going to be spending their nearly $20 yeah. on. And I think this kind of behavior, both from fans and um, movie studios, is I think it's only going to le- lead to hurting the industry, you know? Yeah. Where, yes, people are only going to dedicate themselves to seeing movies that they know they want to see, like big blockbuster superhero movies, yeah. you know? And they're not going to take risks on other things because they can't trust the reviews, and they <laughs> they, don't, yeah. they don't know if they're going to go. And, like, even even with the Oscars now, <laughs> you can't even have a little <laughs> award ceremony without controversy because there's not enough black candidates, so there's not enough female candidates. You know, I want people to, to be awarded for their movies if the movie is good. <laughs> right. That's what I care about. Right. And if it's nominated for an Oscar, I'm probably going to see it at some point because i'm under the impression that it's good not because it meets a quota or because it meets an agenda or anything else of that nature and equally so i'm not going to (laughs) want to be discouraged from seeing what is otherwise a good movie because some racist or some sexist or some person with a religious agenda or whatever else wants to dismiss some a really good movie for those reasons you know but that's not that's not what's happening right now what's happening right now is they're just giving awards to movies they think are pretty good yeah (laughs) and sometimes it's slumdog millionaire featuring an indian man sometimes it's you know 12 years a slave featuring a black man you know sometimes it's get out you know featuring another black character like sometimes it's fucking moonlight where we're having a story about black gay children growing up in the (laughs) 80s sometimes you know it's leonardo dicaprio who cares right as long as it's good that's what that's what people should be concerned about not about meeting a quota right that is that that is the point of these award ceremonies is to give the award to the thing that the the piece of art that deserves that kind of praise. Yeah, and I think the same thing happened with the Last Jedi, where people were going, "This movie's bad." Yeah, because it was bad. Yeah, was, there's plot holes everywhere. The writing was terrible. Rose was the worst character I'd ever seen on a Star Wars movie. We got like, a devil's anus that wasn't in the fucking Marvel universe. <laughs> <laughs> it was just bad, and yet people trying to like defend it were saying, "Oh, people don't like it because they're racist, or because they don't like seeing strong women in movies." Like, no. We don't like that the strong woman from the previous movie and the black character from the previous movie that were awesome and the best parts of the previous movie were both like 
completely ruined in this movie. Right. And then accented with other characters that were worse. (laughs) 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 It's like, I think, you know, maybe some of these criticisms for Black Panther are probably valid. And people that are trying to create this whole narrative for themselves, you know, and trying, probably trying to do the right thing, but not realizing that they're just (laughs) accelerating a bad thing. Right. uh, Are trying to fight, you know, fake news with fake news. I don't know. <laughs> it's just so silly and ridiculous. And I wish they would stop because it's hurting the the whole industry as a whole. People aren't going to want to take risks, you know, if they know that this bullshit's going to happen to them at, you know, right. at every turn. And uh, it's just, it's, you know, you got to understand Black Panther is a character that nobody gave a shit about a year ago. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> it is you know, like the only reason people care or even knew about him in the large scale is because of Captain America Civil War. Yeah, so I just maybe that's the reason why people aren't getting excited for this, even with all the artificial hype and the being released in February. I mean, it has everything possible helping it. <laughs> A fucking soundtrack from Kendrick Lamar. Right. Like, it has everything it could ever need. If it's not standing up <laughs> with all of this assistance... Without your fake reviews, then maybe it doesn't deserve to stand up to scrutiny. Right. Uh, that's just my personal feeling on it. <laughs> just yeah, yes, there are racists out there. Yes, I'm sure there's a few trolls giving bad reviews for the fuck of it. Just yeah. to just to make people waste more of their time and have a good laugh. Probably true. But I don't think it's so significant that you need an army of people blindly giving fake reviews and fake feedback to things. Like it's the same thing yeah. with like the Zack Snyder apologists who oh, go out and try yeah. to motivate people to you know keep <laughs> watching keep these watching movies these that are terrible movies. Bad. Yeah, it's the same thing. But except for you the, know that one that won an Oscar. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to see it. It's great. <laughs> it won an uh, Oscar. That, that, that's not what you said a few minutes ago. <laughs> How dare you use my own words against me, <laughs> sir? You know I'm weak to magic. <laughs> Maybe I'll use your own words backwards. <laughs> Jeb, I'm confused. <laughs> Do we hate him or do we like him? I don't know, Obadiah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> These is trying, confusing times. So I think that's Let good. Let me get it cleared with the Grand Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. <laughs> so I think we can leave that where it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, Black on, Panther, on, we're obviously going to see it and review it. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, on that note, we will be reviewing it. With our tiny YouTube channel and podcast, we're not too worried about Disney blacklisting us. So, Oh, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure we're not going to any premieres anytime <laughs> soon as it is. Nor right. are we trying to get first release clickbait stuff. So. Yeah, we're, we're not particularly against it, but that's not our primary goal here. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, for the final topic of the day, I thought we should uh, talk about you know what, 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 what we think both collectors and comic shops should do with damaged comics. Oh. And I bring this up because once again this is a, a been a persistent issue for you. This, I wanted a specific issue of a comic and since I didn't go on day 1, 
Yeah. Uh, my my pickings were pretty slim because every single cover was damaged. Either it was the most common one is that people, both the people that work at the shop and customers, will you know, I've seen it more ha- often with people loading it and stocking it not from the owners but from their employees just like kind of carelessly because they take a big pile of comics and they go by row by row and then they grab a handful and they shove it into the box even if they miscalculated and maybe had too many and so they squeeze them hard to try to shove them in the little slots jam it in there and what happens Uh. then is they bend they make these huge bends in the spine and dimples in the spine and then those cracks go into the artwork on the front and they ruin it like there's no value in that comic now you can sell it in your shop if you find a guy that doesn't care sure for the cover price but it's never going to gain value for sure and it's definitely it's guaranteed to not have any value once it leaves that store so i find that really really frustrating i mean even the best of the best comics if they're damaged enough they're not going to be worth anything you know and that's that's a simple truth of comic collecting and it's extremely frustrating for me. And again, I understand it's not always the comic shop's problem, uh, or not, I shouldn't say problem, but uh, fault. Sometimes it's the customers coming in, looking at comics, and like, eh, I don't like it, and sho- just carelessly shoving it back in, or dropping it, or you know, whatever else. Um, I think people just don't handle the comics properly, and they just destroy them. And unfortunately, I've seen it more than once where it's the employees, not the actual customers doing this damage yeah um yeah it sucks because i see it firsthand and i'm like why did you do that you know you're not supposed to do that why did you do that it it seems Um, pretty kind of disrespectful yeah and then from the the collector's perspective sometimes shit happens sometimes you're moving or something and a, a box accidentally got smushed a little bit and you look inside and even though they were boarded and bagged and protected a few of them got damaged and you're like, damn, what should I do with these? Should I right. keep them just because, you know, I liked them? Or should I, you know, maybe just give them to a charity thing, like, or sell them for super, super nothing <laughs> at half price <laughs> books or something, you know? Yeah. Um, should I give them to friends or what should I do? What What do you think comic shops and collectors should do with their damaged comics? Which there are a ton of yeah. out there. Um. Personally, I think there should be a discount for you're buying damaged goods at that point. Yeah. Um, I think if if a comic's damaged, especially a brand new comic, 100%. It needs discounted. Oh, yeah. If you don't, and and I've never seen a shop that does this with new comics. Maybe if you asked for it, you would get it. But if your comic's damaged, it should at minimum be like a quarter discount. Oh, yeah. Like a quarter percentage discount 25 percent off because that comic is worthless the moment it leaves at your store yeah the 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 biggest gripe that i would have with them selling these comics at all is the the image that it leaves Mm -hmm. yeah this is the the type of practice that basically tells comic aficionados uh, collectors, mm. uh, people who are even just trying to get into comics for the first time, it tells you that they don't care. And if they don't care, how could they possibly expect you, the new guy coming in, 
to start caring yeah. or the person who's been coming here for so long to keep caring. Yeah. And it, it sucks because we always tell people to support your local comic book shops and we mean it. Yeah. Uh, comic shops, not only do they give you a cool culture to, you know, uh, more often than not, great employees and owners to, you know, get their opinions on comics and talk to them and interact and fellow fans, you know, right next to you, you get to hold the product in your hand and really love it. You can frame it and hang it and really enjoy it. Whereas on a little phone, you can't see the full size of the image and you can't see the cover art really. Right. and there's just a lot of advantages to supporting your local comic book shops along with sustaining the industry, obviously. But unfortunately, there's just some things that comic shops have not fixed and not corrected and not gotten right. And I think this is one of the big ones. And you're right. It, it leaves a really poor impression to people about what how they f- f- carry themselves in the comic book world and in the comic book industry. Do they care enough about their products to make sure they're not damaged? Right. Now, there's one place I'm giving a big shout-out to called World's Greatest Comics up in Westerville. And they will literally send the books, even if they have to short their pull customers a little bit. They'll give their pull customers a warning and let them know. But they will return the comics to Diamond and demand uh, new comics to be shipped to them if they're damaged. And I think that's exactly what they should do. Yeah. And I think that's what every comic shop should do. You know, I get, I get it. You're going to lose on those first day sales a little bit, but I think you'll make it back up the next week when people come in for the next bound (laughs) round of new issues and see it and be like, Oh, I I didn't notice that one. All right. I'll grab it this week. You know, I do that all the time. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, really disappointed in the ones I frequent that are closest to me uh, because both of them, uh, I couldn't find a single clean issue of Batman number 40. <sighs> and I don't think it was unreasonable to try to find one that wasn't damaged. I found about, I'd say, between 10 and 15 that were damaged and none that weren't damaged. And that includes variants. Like, not a single issue was untarnished and I, that makes me think it maybe it was a diamond issue distributor issue which if that's the case you should return it just right. like world's greatest comics has done um and i know it sucks for your customers but i think they prefer getting an undamaged comic over having it rushed to them damaged right so that's it, just my take on it and i think you're 100 percent right in saying that it damages their their you know reputation oh yeah yeah, th- this is the the type of practice that in any other business, uh, you look at uh, sales yeah. of any kind. If you were to try to sell someone a damaged version of the product that you've been pitching to them this whole time, yeah, the first thing that they're going to especially, ask is... Especially one that they've had delayed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> continuously. Oh, yeah. And just nonsense from the creators and from the community and just all sorts of issues up to the release. And yeah. then you get it in your hand and it's damaged. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's the, not okay. Yeah, the first thing that you're going to get is, uh, one, a request for some kind of discount. Right after that, if you don't get that, you are going to get a complaint. Yeah. And one of the things that you learn in sales is that customer perception is everything. Like, that is literally the people who are paying you 
for you to basically live out your dreams and create for yeah. a living. Uh, yeah. For, I mean, from yeah. a, from a creator's perspective, I would be furious yeah. if I walked into a shop and saw that my my artwork, my writing, you know, everything I'd worked so hard on was being just completely like crushed and smashed and cut and you know get treated com- with disrespect yeah and then forced upon consumers in damaged form yeah at, f- at full price especially i would be absolutely livid like i wouldn't want to see it and i i <laughs> understand it's hard for the the shop owners to deal with that sort of thing and a lot of it isn't their fault a lot of it is the distributor a lot of it is their you know, hapless employee accidentally doing it on one load or another. Sometimes it is, you know, customers, you know, carelessly handling it or a kid taking it off the shelf and, you know, putting it on improperly. Um, But it's just not acceptable. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm getting really sick of it (laughs) because I, I buy a ridiculously large amount of comics every month. uh, A ridiculous amount. From about three different comic shops. And only one of them has enough respect for the product to be like, okay, I apologize, but we don't have it right now because they got damaged by Diamond. Or they got damaged by customers, so we don't have one. But we can try to track one down for you if you like. Um, Or we can order another version of it for you if you like. That's great. I would... Yeah. If I have to, I'll go to eBay. But I I would be furious if (laughs) I, I walked up to the owner and said... Hey, n- none of these are undamaged. Can I get one? Do you have any that are undamaged? And he's like, "Well, sorry, we don't have any, e- but you can get one of those." And I'm like, "Well, can I get a discount?" And they're like, eh, "No, it's a new comic." I would be furious. Uh, d- you know? Yeah, and that's just not acceptable. So why do you expect your customers to just accept it right off the shelf? You know, right? It's- you know how hard it is for people to ask for anything. You know especially from a person they don't know, you know? Yeah. Uh, let alone a discount. You know, these aren't like house moms, you know, <laughs> super couponing and coming in with a book full of expired coupons and every little sh- loophole and deal to fuck you over. No, these right. are just like regular customers that just want to do their best and support you, you know? Right. Like, the, these are... T- times is tough all around. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure for a lot of these yeah. places, if you asked, they might give you a 10%. But even that, I don't think is acceptable. You know, I have gotten like a 10% discount before for a damaged volume. But I just, even that, I don't think is acceptable. That That's not enough. Not so. for something that's been because damaged again, to no fault of your own. Yeah, again, that loses all its value. I mean, yeah. you'd be lucky to sell it for a dollar <laughs> if you walked out of that store. If you try to sell it online, forget about it. Yeah, you're not even going to get a person asking for it. You know? <laughs> so yeah, th- this is the. Mm. It really sucks. Um, on the collector side, I think if you do end up like there's a, several times where like I just grabbed a few comics real quick, and then when I walked out the door, I looked at them I'm like, oh shit, I accidentally got one with a broken spine or something. Yeah. Um. In those sorts of cases, I think, you know, if it's something you can't replace and you really like it, I say just hold on to it just for your own enjoyment. But if it's something you're not worried about holding on to and you were buying with the hope of someday having value for it, I would say find some medium to share it, like share it with a friend or family member, uh, donate it. Yeah, Um, There's libraries everywhere. And libraries do have comics, um, and I'm sure yeah. they would appreciate free donations of comic books. Um, 
another thing you could consider uh, local children's hospitals or anything like that. I mean, obviously, if it's mature content, right? Maybe uh, may- don't do that route. But yeah, d- definitely, if you're donating it, uh, know the audience yeah. that you're planning on donating it to. Yeah, and if you have like a used bookstore you really enjoy, like here in Columbus, we got the Loft and we got all the half price books around here. Yeah, you could take it to one of them, and maybe if you got like a box full of them, you can maybe sell it and get some of your money back. Not always, but you yeah, know, it, it, they already sell them pretty cheap, so they're not going to give you. You might be lucky and get it like a quarter a piece. Yeah, that, that'd be pretty good. But um, again, these these aren't these have no value intrinsically. So beyond a person that's just like, oh, that I like this character, I'll buy it. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I think those are really your best options. I don't think there's too much more you can really do. Maybe do something creative with them. You know, maybe cut them up a little bit. I, I would never say this for a good cover or a good comic, but if for some reason like it's just be damaged beyond <laughs> beyond the respect it needs, yeah, maybe you could do something creative like that with it. Um, uh, there is one thing that I would probably suggest uh, going forward, given that uh, this has become something of an issue, is. Um, and I never thought I'd have to say this about comics, but calling ahead just to make sure this is like normally calling ahead to a comic book shop you'd be doing that for getting like uh, a high value comic just to make sure that they have it yeah but sometimes it actually makes sense to call ahead to make sure that the the new comic that came in hasn't been fucked up already yeah and I, especially if it's a long trip. Oh, and, yeah. Know, hopefully they're honest with you. Hopefully they don't just bullshit you from the desk, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, you should definitely, if it's a long trip for you and there's, like, one or two specific comics, you should call in and ask. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd say also if that uh, comic book shop kind of has an issue with receiving damaged comics, um. I'd say call ahead if you don't have any other place to go to. Mm. But, uh, yeah, this is this is the kind of issue that can turn people off to comics in general. For sure. I mean, if you have a repeated offender, it's, you're as good as done. And yeah. for me, there's a, there's a shop I really love and I go to all the time because it's closest to me, but it keeps having the same fucking problem for me. And it was one of the reasons I went to two other comic shops in the first place. Uh, they drove their business away for that reason. And I love the owner. I love the people that work there. I love the environment. I love how close it is to me. I love the variety of comics they have. So many good things going for it, but they keep having the same problem with quality control and it's driving me crazy. And I, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep having business with them for that reason. And that reason alone, there's no other reasons I would ever think to, you know, not go there but it's just yeah that's so many of the books just are just <laughs> completely beyond salvation you know and, and it that's, sucks that's the reason anyone should be going to a comic book shop is because you're going to buy a fucking comic book yeah so that's it's a big bummer <sighs> i didn't mean to end on such a sad sour note but it's true and i hope that any listeners we do have that happen to be working in the comic book industry take that to heart you know yeah I, uh, I think your most dedicated fans are perfectly fine with you saying i had to return it to diamond 
or something yeah. like that. We'll have more issues for you later in the week. And if that's not good enough, can I help you in any other way? You know? Yeah. I I would I would yeah. much rather hear that than eh, it's it's there. <laughs> you yeah. know? I, I would I rather know. have a good product be delivered to me late mm-hmm. than to receive something that I had been anticipating for quite some time yeah. on time, but have it be shit. And if the problem is an employer or two, don't be afraid to correct them. Like I've been in countless comic stores, and the ones that have more than one employee usually have employees not doing too much. Right. Just because there's not a whole lot to do yeah. when business is slow. You know, the, There's basically three tasks. There's manage the computer, uh, which also includes doing register work and whatever else there's stocking the comics the day before you know the night before on wednesday and then there's the actual restocking of the comic shelves when they go out the door usually it's busiest on wednesday thursday after that slows down they're not doing too much just like say hey man if there's not that much business you don't need to take a big armful of comics and go stock them just do it a few at a time Take, take a not do a count. See how many you got. You need for each one. Write it down and then go in a few waves. Just take instead of taking one giant armful and mishandling them and squeezing them and crushing the spines and damaging them and bending them trying to shove them in the slots. Just take you know a handful of, say instead of doing an entire collection of comics, just do like one shelf area. Yeah. And like there may be three comics there, but that's enough. So you can hold them in your hand safely without damaging them. You know, it, it, this is how I don't like think I don't think time is that big an issue for s- stuff like that. You know, yeah, th- this is how I would uh, try to encourage people who are like actually doing the stocking in the comic book shop. I, I would say this to them: you should be treating every comic. As though it were Action Comics number one. <laughs> well, that might be a little extreme, uh, okay. but I, I understand the sentiment. Yeah, <laughs> or, or you should be treating every comic like it's X-Men number one. Okay, okay. a little more reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the, you should be having some, some semblance of respect for the medium that one keeps you employed uh two has been the source of inspiration for countless movies and video games and all of these things that you are here because you love audio story podcasts audio story podcasts (laughs) of which there are one only one that matters (laughs) But yeah, um, definitely hope to see improvement down the line for these things, and hopefully we get some more comic people into interview during the podcast and get more perspectives. So maybe there's some things we're overlooking and some things they can't control that we just don't know about. But right, I like think- we're we're all saying this from the perspective of a customer. Yeah, I'm sure there is probably going to be some differences from the perspective point of view of uh, an employee. Yeah, or an owner, or Maybe someone from Diamond, the publishing company. Sure. I mean, it's like there there could be any number of differences, any number of reasons yeah. why this happens. Yeah. So but ultimately, like the, the point is that this shouldn't be happening. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if nothing else, the problem could be minimized. 
Yes. Uh, with just a little bit of effort, you know. Um, yeah, like minimize and like or I said, at least world's effort. greatest comics does yeah. it very well. They handle it very well. Obviously, the problem is they don't have quite the volume and variety as the other shops I mentioned, but they do right. very significant quality control to make sure their product is good, and that's why they have very loyal customers. So, yeah. Uh, on that note, I think we should wrap up another mediocre edition of Hit the Books podcast mediocre thank you all for sticking with us if you like what you hear be sure to hit like and subscribe and follow us on your podcast services and social networks of choice we are on twitter at htbvids. we are on facebook at forward slash hit the books our website of course is htbvids.com uh, where you can find all the links to the stitcher feed the itunes feed the youtube channel on buttons on the main page and then if you so choose you can go across the other portions of the site in the menu and see our covers of the week for 2017 and 2018 and uh, any other antidotes we add to the website. Um, we appreciate all your love and support and your watching and any other contributions you make to the show. Any and all contributions. Be sure to look forward to some uh, upcoming reviews, which we got in the tank. I'm finally finishing Arkham Knight. So I have a feeling that's going to be reviewed before too long. <laughs> and uh, it, it took me so long because I just I can't leave things incomplete. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do every little thing. Uh, and then obviously we have the Turtles out and Injustice 2. So I'm sure that'll be coming before too long. And yeah. um, written reviews also coming. Uh, I've had some issues with my uh, word processing on my computer, but those coming soon. And then, of course, we got Black Panther this week. So. Big week. Yeah. Uh, we got some Netflix <laughs> movies we got to catch up on and several other things. So there's a lot coming down the pipeline. Look forward to all of that. Uh, again, thank you very much. It really helps us out if you like and subscribe and all that jazz. Um, hopefully, we can <laughs> get our vanity URL before too long. Soon. Thank you for watching. We will see you next week on Wednesday. Goodbye.